Welcome to KBJR6 Presents Beyond the Headlines. I'm Dan Wolf. Anchoring KBJR6 newscast every night is without a doubt the best way to give Northlanders the information they need to get through their day. But it's also important to investigate certain stories in more detail than a daily newscast allows. That's why once a week I sit down with local leaders and officials to talk about the issues you are concerned about. From politics to current events, I'm here to break down the issues facing Northlanders. This is Beyond the Headlines. It's a project four and a half years in the making. The Duluth Fire Department has officially unveiled its new fireboat, Marine 19. That was last month. It's a state-of-the-art piece of equipment allowing them to better respond to a variety of emergencies in the Twin Ports. KBJR6's Bonnie Bowman got a chance to go on board and see it in action. The Twin Ports are the largest freshwater port in the world. It's a lot to cover for the Duluth Fire Department. There is a lot of challenging areas. A new piece of equipment is making that job a lot easier. Marine 19, a floating fire truck and rescue platform. The Port of Duluth Superior is made up of 49 miles of um, shoreline, so you know we have access like we've never had before. Access to places they can also get to quickly, reaching top speeds of 45 miles an hour. Captain Corey Swartout says the boat is everything he wanted it to be. It's a very agile, quick, nimble boat. It handles very well. The crew has been using buoys for target practice, simulating a boat fire in the bay. Essentially an unlimited mobile hydrant, so we could support land-based firefighting operations with up to 2,000 gallons a minute of water. They line up the boat, then turn on the water cannon. It starts as a trickle, quickly picking up to a roar. The force of the water, a challenge for firefighters. The deck gun or the water main cannon on the uh, fireboat here flows anywhere from 1500 to 2000 plus gallons a minute. So if you can think of the force of the reaction of that is wanting to drive the boat back away from the fire. So we have to control it, driving the boat to control the fire. The boat is also equipped with sonar and heat sensors, crucial for finding someone quickly in the chilly waters of Lake Superior. It's been a long time coming. The port's been without uh, fire protection on the water for a long, long time. The idea for the boat came after the Coast Guard identified areas the fire department needed more support. FEMA grants covered 75% of its almost $600,000 price tag. The remaining um, roughly $150,000 were raised locally by uh, uh, business donations, private industry, um, and some grants. Swartout says it's a point of pride. The boat belongs to the residents of the Twin Ports who had a hand in paying for it. It's their boat. We're just running and using it for them. Marine 19 also carries special significance for the department and the crew out on the water. Boats named Marine 19 in reference to all the Duluth firefighters that have lost their lives in the line of duty. Honoring those lost while making sure they're ready to save lives in the future. Now besides responding to fires and rescues, Marine 19 can also provide a hazmat response if there's a spill on the lake. It's a tool the department says they hope they never need, but if they do, they'll be happy to have it. So joining us now to talk about the importance of this new tool are Deputy, Chi Deputy Chief Scott Cleave and Deb DeLuca, the Executive Director of the Duluth Seaway Port Authority. We thank you both for being here this morning. Um, I want to first talk about uh, what we just saw there. It, it is such a cool tool and it's fun to see it in action out on the water, but it really does uh, serve an important purpose. Uh, it's the only boat of its kind uh, in the Western Great Lakes. Why is it so badly needed here? 
we were working in 2016 to identify and fulfill uh, some needs that were the Coast Guard. Um, so the whole, uh, the Port Security Grant Program is a financial program that's offered annually by the Coast Guard and managed by the Coast Guard to fill gaps in resources identified by them. So we saw an opportunity to have a funding source and we had numerous gaps in resources identified by the Coast Guard over several years and we used uh, as a community involvement and a program to get together and fulfill those needs. And we work very closely with the Port Authority, area business, um, and uh, we were able to take advantage of the Port Security Grant Program as a financial resource to uh, support this project. And uh, Deb, talk about uh, the importance of having something like this in your port. Oh, I, I can address that from so many different angles, yeah. but I'll take this one. Uh, this port is, a, is an economic driver for the region and, and uh, it represents 1.4 billion in economic activity every, every year for this region. So if you look at what it means to have the port shut down for one day mm -hmm. due to, let's say, an explosion or a, a, a major fire somewhere in the port that would cause it, the, the port to shut down, that's 1.47 million mm -hmm. in revenues on, you know, that, uh, for one day. So from an economic standpoint, it's, it's huge. Um, and as Scott said, we, we work together as a port community. It's a really collaborative community. And the Coast Guard was doing firefighting tabletop exercises. They, in, in 2015 specifically, they identified several holes that, that and, and the fire department jumped in and, and made this grant application to, to, to address those gaps. And, and you both uh, talked about these gaps uh, when we're talking about why uh, this piece of equipment is necessary. Uh, what are some of the gaps we're talking about here that, that are now filled? Certainly land-based um, firefighting capabilities mm -hmm. to support from the water. So the vessel is able to support water supply to some of our challenging areas. Um, spill response, so oil spill response is a, is a, a gap that's in need of attention. Um, once we get through our pilot program and, and can support the efficient operation of the vessel, which we're getting very close to right now, we'll start working closely with the Coast Guard to uh, get training on uh, responding to spills uh, in the event there's an environmental emergency inside the port. Um, the Luth Fire Department is made up of 36 firefighters on duty at any given point, so we have a lot of manpower resources available immediately, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and this vessel gives us a, a, a water-based safe platform for our responders to support some of those needs. But that's one that was, uh, one that was really highlighted, certainly the hazmat capability on the water. Um, this vessel has some unique capabilities with respect to hazmat response. Duluth supports a regional Homeland Security Emergency Management hazmat team. And to this point, we've had no capability or very limited capability on the water. And this gets a, a, a water-based platform to support the regional hazmat team too. So a lot of yeah. focus on this vessel and the support from the Port Security Grant Program. A lot of that attention is on the hazmat response. Okay. And this might be something uh, you can both speak to. Is there anything uh, in recent memory or distant memory um, a specific incident that's happened uh, out on the water in the port uh, where this could have really come in handy and you kind of wish you had it? So last year with the Husky incident. Husky refinery, yeah, okay. There was an incident and in, in the need for some uh, environmental response yeah. and possible some boom deployment and um, that's certainly an area that we can support in the future. And that's, uh, we work very closely with the Coast Guard and other area businesses. Um, and a lot of those resources are within the port area, and we just 
we're, we're willing to or there to support a timely response to get the resources in place in the event uh, another incident like mm -hmm. Husky takes place. Uh, in, in case of an incident like that, I would imagine, Deb, this uh, provides a, a greater peace of mind for you knowing uh, that this piece of equipment exists now. Exactly. I mean, it, it's, it supplements, it, it both supplements or augments the land side firefighting capabilities on both sides of the harbor. So whether that would be in Duluth or Superior. Um, and I, Scott, I'm wondering, as an example of project, what about the fire uh, the, at the um, Superior facility last sure. year? That so is that no. the, the silo? The, the silo yeah. fire there last year. So um, Duluth and Superior Fire Department have a long-standing mutual aid agreement. Mm -hmm. So any of our resources being manpower equipment is immediately available to our partners on the Superior side of the Port of Duluth Superior. Um, so just our resources available at immediate uh, timely response. So there's no red tape to go through if they want some of our help and or we want their help, that's immediately available. Yeah. So. And that sounds like such an important partnership uh, that doesn't only exist, but like you say, uh, you don't have to worry about any red tape. You just, just go, just respond. Those are in place, long standing, it's immediate. Yeah. Uh, we were watching uh, some of the training, uh, the video we had up just a minute ago of the training. Uh, Bonnie was highlighting some of uh, the water cannon, the, the shooting toward buoys. Um, what, how important is training like that ahead of time, and how often are you going to do training like that out on the water? Within that port grant, the 2016 port grant was $597,000 total. 25% um, of that was supported by local match and roughly $150,000. But there was uh, several thousand dollars in training support within that budget. So we have, in order to support 24-7 operations on three shifts, we have actually 27 trained pilots. So in wow. March, we hired a Coast Guard certified instructor to come in and do 24 hours of classroom time to do the book side of um, becoming, uh, you know, a, a captain or a pilot of the vessel. And then we, in May, starting in May, when we took delivery of the vessel, we did each individual pilot, being 27, did 36 hours of on-water time. Wow. So for the last five weeks, the vessel has been out, for the most part, five days a week um, in training. And that's kind of winding down now, so we are operational. Um, you'll see us out there consistently. You'll see us at uh, up and coming here as uh, Grandma's Marathon, where we have large events, a lot amount of people in right. town, 4th of July, um, the Festival of Sales, you'll see us out there. But training will be ongoing, but we are operational now, um, and we'll just work to maintain our qualifications so we can provide a safe, efficient response, because it's, it's, yeah. it's a unique fire apparatus. It it's certainly not, is. It's, I, it, it takes some unique training. I've, I've never seen anything quite like that before. There's a lot of specialized equipment on the boat yeah. that, and so that, that I'm sure expands the amount of training that's necessary. And then just that, that maximum 2,000 gallon per minute pressure yeah. to, ha to be able to manage that. That, that takes training as well. And I lots of training. So this is a, a, a new world for us, certainly. Yeah. And, and Deb, I wonder, uh, you know, with the port, um, how much more um, maybe attractive does having a tool like this make to uh, folks who are considering uh, coming to the port, the doing business here? in yeah. the port, knowing that something like that is there? Oh, I'm sure it's a big enhancement. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, in the last, is it over two years, Scott, that there were four, there have been four dockside uh, ship fires yeah. on the Great Lakes. And so having an, uh, an asset like this is very, very attractive. Yeah. 
and th they were able to address those, but, it, but it's, it's not easy. Right, makes it that much easier exactly. to do so now. Duluth Fire Department unveiled a cool new tool this spring they'll use for emergencies that happen on open water. Main call, we're coming to help you. Coming in. Yeah, it's a personal watercraft purchased thanks to a grant from the city of Duluth. Uh, living next to the biggest freshwater lake of the world, firefighters say this technology can provide a quick response to water emergencies. Firefighters say the watercraft provides increased versatility compared to a boat, which they say requires more time and space to maneuver. Now, the grant from the city also covered the cost of wetsuits for the firefighters. We are joined again by Deputy Chief Scott Clive and Deb DeLuca, the Executive Director of the Duluth Seaway Port Authority. Uh, that was our own Jenna Lake who uh, offered to jump in the water uh, for that story that uh, we did on this new uh, watercraft. There appears to be uh, such a big focus right now on water emergencies uh, with the jet ski, we just saw the, the personal watercraft as well as Marine 19. Uh, why this focus? Why now? Uh, in my career in the fire department over 20 years, we've just seen a significant increase of use of our most valuable natural resource, Lake mm -hmm. Superior, and we yeah. encourage that. So paddle boarders, kayakers, surfboarders, surfers, um, more swimming. Um, we are starting to get a, a, our increase in... Uh, water rescue related response yeah. has significantly increased. Um, there was an incident that took place a couple years ago where a father and daughter had p died on Park Point, had drowned, um, and we started looking hard at what can we do as a, as a fire department, as a community to support uh, a more timely response, uh, but not only a response, but to educate people on um, the dangers of Lake Superior, not only of, of riptides and currents, but also you know, an example, what we saw here last weekend where we have high 70s for air temperature and we have upper 30s for yeah. water temperature. And we love people to use the, the lake and it's great as I do myself, but um, it's, the challenge comes in when and people don't anticipate being in the water. Right. And uh, that's where the, the emergency lies. The outside air feels good. It feels like, hey, that's something I want to jump in. Until that's you right. do it. Until you do it. Yeah, big surprise there. Uh, talk about uh, some of the training uh, that goes into this piece of equipment compared to Water 19, which we saw a few minutes ago. So not as much as a training uh, developed program, but you know we have developed uh, one of our firefighters have developed a PowerPoint presentation that took about an hour and a half, and we worked with other um, beach rescue fire departments or surf rescue fire departments throughout the country to develop a program that we could support and enhance. And uh, our firefighters at the headquarters station at two station at 27th West are the closest to the downtown um, waterfront. Mm -hmm. They went through a training program where they, the classroom like we talked about, then they go out and do a practical side of things where they're out there, each, in, each firefighter's out there for, um, probably about two hours to become qualified to not only safely drive it, to support, but to support rescue. So yeah. not quite as in-depth as what Marine 19 was, right. being the fact that it's, it's a, a much it's a bigger, bigger vessel yeah. and a lot of unique capabilities, but certainly re any vessel mm -hmm. um, requires training to right. be safe and efficient operate. I misspoke a minute ago. Marine 19, uh, Water 19. Mm -hmm. uh, Deb, talk about the importance of uh, this focus on the harbor by the city and fire. We talked about it a few minutes ago, but we're, uh, we're seeing all of these new watercrafts being put into use. 
Um, and, and you were just talking about more people seem to be on the water, utilizing the water. How sure. important is it to have tools like this one? Well, it's very important. It, the, this is going to address more the recreational water user than, a, than the big commercial ships mm -hmm. or the big cargo ships, I should say. But, um, but it's, it's really important. I'm a Duluth resident. I raised children here. And, you know, teenagers will jump off of anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter how high, <laughs> into water. And it, 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 as you said, it can be very cold uh, mm -hmm. compared to the ambient air temperature. Uh, this is a huge, uh, a really important addition to the safety equipment that the, for the fire department. Um, I will say we have had, we had an incident at our dock uh, s several years ago now. Uh, someone uh, got onto it and, and ran and jumped off in an, an attempt to, to an attempt to self-harm. Mm. And uh, we were able to respond, our, our great staff was able to respond quickly, but that, that is a, you know, those sorts of things happen. Yeah. And it's great to have this kind of vessel available to respond. Like we said, a little more peace of mind knowing right. that there are right. uh, yes. these watercrafts available. Um, several years ago, the fire department uh, tested a water drone for rescues. Is that something that we're, we're going to see used in recent that's, that's a possibility in the future. But Duluth Fire Department and, the, and their state hazmat team have a drone program. Uh -huh. And we have explored the idea of using a, a drone to support uh, water rescue response. And okay. we've seen that actually played out. Ben Australia, I think, had identified the first true rescue response of a drone by yeah. dropping a, a personal flotation device to a, a, a victim that was near drowning. Mm. Um, so I, there's certainly in the public safety world, you're going to see more of drones. Yeah. And likely locally too. Right. It sounds very futuristic right now. 15, 20 years from now, that's yeah, probably that's, a reality. That is probably a reality. Of course, uh, it, it pretty much is summertime now. Um, and a lot more people are out and about. They're going to be enjoying the 4th of July soon. Um, we hear the reminder every single year about the importance of safety when it comes to grilling, charcoal grilling in particular. Uh, what, what do you tell anybody who's planning that big barbecue coming up for the holiday? Uh, I think the biggest piece of advice we can give is not to have your uh, charcoal grill on your wooden deck. Yeah. Um, that's, that would be ill-advised and it's cost some challenges in the, in, in the past, mm -hmm. um, but certainly not having your, your charcoal grill on your deck and or your wood-fired um, camp circle or grill um, on your deck either. Yeah. So we've seen that also. Yeah, being in the news, we've reported many times on, you know, you get a wind gust or something like yep. that and, yep. and it uh, goes downhill quickly. Uh, of course, fireworks um, are always a big concern for the fire department, rightfully so. Um, what do people need to know if they're going to be shooting off fireworks this 4th of July season? Just be safe. Uh, Minnesota has some pretty strict laws on what you can have in the state of Minnesota. Um, we do see people going outside of the state to purchase fireworks and bring them back to Minnesota. Of course, that's illegal. Yeah. Um, those are the ones that commonly um, become challenging. Mm -hmm. um, there's a reason those are illegal. Those fireworks. are reason for those are illegal. Yes, they are. Okay, um, and and of course uh, bonfires. It, it is bonfire season now. Yep. Uh, seeing them in neighborhoods across the area. Um, make sure the fire is out when you're done. Seems to be yep. the obvious piece of advice. And there's also a distance and. and it is legal to have um, recreation fires in the city of Duluth. Yeah. It's not legal to have recreation fires on the Park Point Beach. Okay, it'll be advised. Um, but there is a distance from your structure. Um, we want to be a safe distance from your structure, and there's a number to that. Um, and in addition, uh, we want something that you can put out the fire in the event that 
something doesn't go as advertised. So have a hose or a bucket of water or, or be ready to put out your fire. And of course, like you said, Dan, put out your fire uh, before you leave. Yeah. And, and one of the other requirements is that you have to be there tending it. Mm -hmm. And it has to be, you can't burn yard waste or brush, it's firewood. I think it's, uh, we, can, we can call this season common sense season. Common sense season. Just, uh, just be smart uh, if you're celebrating the holiday. Well, I, I appreciate you joining us this morning and uh, helping keep people safe around here this time of year. Thank you. It's all a pleasure right. to be here. That is all the time we have this week for Beyond the Headlines. We want to thank our guest, Deputy Chief Scott Clive and Deb DeLuca. I am Dan Wolf. We're back here next week. We'll see you then.